Welcome to Real Everyday People, an Eladio Nino podcast. You either die the hero or see yourself become the villain. See too many dark nights and light the way you're living. They got me living. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is the El Nino podcast. I'm Eladio Nino, and this is Real Everyday People. So I want to just thank everybody. As always, I start off with gratitude. Thank you. I appreciate everybody that's, you know, sharing my post, showing love. But one thing that I really, really need from you guys, I need subscribers. I need your subscription. So if you're watching this now and you're not subscribed, please go turn, go to YouTube and subscribe for me. Tell your friends, your cousins, your aunts and your uncles and your neighbors. Go ahead and subscribe for me, man. I need to get these numbers up. And, uh, you know, I appreciate you guys doing that for me. Um, also, you're going to see these around the neighborhood all through Southwest Detroit, the West side, all through down river. I've been to barber shops, stores everywhere. Um, we're having another expungement fair, uh, May 20th at the DHDC 1211 Trumbull. And, uh, we're going to be having two of them this year because we threw the first one, uh, last year and, uh, it was an absolute success, but we had to turn people away because there was so many people. There was hundreds of people that came. So this time we will be prepared for that capacity so um go to your local party stores bars uh anywhere we let flyers we got posters if you see this come take advantage of the opportunity uh they're expunging felonies um they're expunging um um any um uh, misdemeanors and if you have uh one dui they'll also expunge that but any felony cases that carry a life sentence cannot be expunged. Any criminal sexual conduct cases cannot be expunged. And if you have more than one DUI case, it cannot be expunged. So everything outside of that, um, everything is going to be free. We're going to have notaries there. We're going to have uh, attorneys there. So even if you're not sure if you qualify or not, I would go there because they're going to give you advice, advice that they would usually charge you for. So again, May 20th, 1211 Trumbull, come through, get that expungement taken care of um definitely proud of my team um you know i've been um put in a position of leadership at the dhdc uh i'm currently the outreach coordinator and uh i'm loving it you know what i'm saying i got an awesome team and we're putting in work so shout out to them and uh much love to everybody man i hope everybody had a, a good safe weekend um uh, for the first time saturday sunday i didn't do nothing i didn't do anything and i loved every minute of it because i'm always on the run always on the go it's a text it's an email it's an event i'm here i'm there but friday and saturday or saturday and Sunday I didn't do anything and it felt so good but um anyways enough about me and everything else I got going on but we got my mans my guy who I grew up with you know what I'm saying a uh, good friend of mine uh this is my man Mark Riley what's up with you what brother man welcome to the uh, El Nino podcast man I love having you here at the studio bro here. <laughs> yeah yeah my guy man <laughs> So tell them a little bit about yourself, man, who you are, where you're from, what it is, and what it ain't. Oh, there's a lot of that. <laughs> <laughs> I grew, born and raised in E-Course. E-Course? I moved away for a little bit, but, you know, it's funny. Some of it is like, um, I heard you're going to be on a lot of those things. What, you going to talk about classics? Like, they started laughing at me. I'm like, bitch, you don't, I mean, you don't know my story. Yeah. I mean, we all got a story, dude. I mean. They had to be there. You know what I'm saying? That's all. My I life is. now is far from what my life used to be. Yeah. Yeah. 
no doubt about it. I was shocked, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I was happy at the same time because you were doing well for yourself, bro. You know what I mean? You know, unfortunately, coming home after 17 years and it wasn't all the same. You know, it was very sad to see a lot of people because a lot of people that I've seen, you know, were, you know, drug addicts, addicted to pills, drugs, alcohol. You know what I'm saying? Life. A lot of people had passed away. Like it was it was really sad. Life beating so, them up. Yeah. Yeah. Life, life kicks people's asses, man. And a lot of people turn to some type of scapegoat to get away from their pain and suffering and, you know, turn to drugs and it's just an ugly sight to see, man. You know, people that I love and care about, people I grew up with, people who I knew, and I came home, and you know, for you know, I've had to separate myself from a lot of that stuff, you know, in order for me to be able to be successful. Because uh, you know, that shit is heavy, bro. You know if what I mean? Separate myself, I wouldn't be here today. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely, it's it's necessary for sure, because uh, you know, if if you if you accept people in your life and all the baggage that comes with it. You know what I mean? It's it's gonna be rough, man. It's gonna I be know. hard for you Pat because their problems become your problems. Family, mm -hmm. I miss the old Mike Lowry. Old Mike Lowry's dead, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be dead Hell if it was still old no, Mike Lowry. You ain't bullshit, boy. We got some stories. <laughs> dude, I can't. No. Dude, I got kids. My my son don't even know my story. Yeah, <laughs> they'll be looking at you different, like for real. Let me tell you. About old Mark Lowry over here. I mean, shit. I watched. I was at the courtroom every every day when you before you went in. That's crazy, bro. I mean, shit. I remember sleeping on your couch with, with twelve gauge on the side of me, patting <laughs> in the motherfucker. <laughs> I already know, man. That was the life we lived, bro. It was crazy. I know a lot of people talk about these kids today. It's crazy. I'm like, shit. shit. We was crazy as kids too. We was doing wild. We just shit. don't. I mean, kids' days now, they just. I think it's just a a, a, a shift in morality standards. You At least know we what had saying? some morals about ourselves. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. We always had, you know, some type of standard I mean, of respect. If you, you with your I'm mind, saying? you got to pass or something. These kids nowadays, yeah, they don't know they're going to kill you and your mind. <laughs> Hell you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like. It's, it's, it's rough out there, bro. You know what I mean? And and then with me and my ceasefire team working working down there in, um, in Greektown, you know, a lot of my family, my friends, my loved ones, you know, they're concerned about it. You know, even my family was like, you know, we're not even comfortable with you down there. And, and you know, we're regular citizens, bro. We don't got no bulletproof vests. We ain't got I no ain't guns. Go we ain't got shit. We, we ain't the police, dog. You know what I'm I saying? Know. We out there mediating between community and law enforcement because there's such a huge disconnect between the two so we mediate you know what i mean and and every and the ceasefire team each member was handpicked you know as people with respect and influence in their respective communities you know so it's it's everybody can't do what we do they need to clear that shit up down there that shit yeah. Greek town used to be the spot but man fuck that yeah i know i was and, down and, there one time that was like pow, 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 pow. i said fuck that <laughs> <laughs> It ain't the 4th of July, nigga, so I got to get the fuck on. <laughs> Shit. I already know, I got man. babies. I don't know. Yup. So, um, what kind of student were you in school, man? I was horrible in school. <laughs> Which school? <laughs> Did I you don't... graduate? No, I got a GED. Good enough, brother. <laughs> 
Man, I went from E-Course, the Rouge. No, it went to E-Course, the Marcron. I kicked out of Marcron, but went to, went to Rouge. That's what Ron went to. Ron went to uh, Mount Carmel, didn't Me he? Me, Uncle Ron. Yeah, <laughs> good basketball playing ass. Ron went to Trenton. Oh, did he go to Trenton? Yeah, around oh, the okay. That's how he knew all them people out yeah, there. Yeah, that's how I got the plug out there. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, he did. He was able to expand his uh, wings, you know what I mean? Randy went to uh, Riverview. Oh, okay. All right. I go to Dirty Ass Igor. Shit, I went to straight River Rouge, boy. You I hear me? Too. The old one. The old boy. The old boy. It ain't even there no more. Same with Igor. See what ain't there. <laughs> the bell there. Man, I dropped out of school in ninth grade, bro. Man, once I started thugging, I joined the gang. I started making money, hustling, selling That's weed it. and shit. I was like, man, go to school for what? You know? And then it was like every time I went to school, I got into a fight. I get kicked out. They'll suspend me for 10 days. I'll come back. And the day I get back, they're suspending me again. I'm like, they ain't even no sense of me even coming to school anymore for this shit. So I went full time, just turned to the streets, bro. And then... You know, and everything else that came with that. Pops you know? picking me up from jail every fucking weekend. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's from when I was like 15, 14. And, and that's what's crazy is because you would think that somebody who grew up with both parents, you know, so you got influence from mother and father. And, you know, we were still fooling. We were still wilding. We was, I loved we it. We took your parents' vehicles and that's had it. a fun time and towed some shit up. You know what I mean? Dude, I had a problem. Like, I really loved it. I know. I know, bro. And I mean, I'm glad I'm allowed to tell yeah, it. Yeah, you better be glad your kids ain't doing the same shit you was doing. They watching TV like, Dude, oh my, my son, God, Dad did that shit? My son's a straight suburb kid, man. He, he went to Delray. What was it? was in Delray. Oh, you ain't taking And Delray, he, he, he over there locking the door and said, where you at? I said, we here. Get the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> Hell no, that's the trenches right there, boy. <laughs> Shit, I but I used to walk through Delray like 13, 14 years old, and mm-hmm. walking through there, fucking seeing Mike G and all them riding his bike and yeah, shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I remember them brothers, man. Yeah, we so we got the uh, we got access to the Delray Center, the DHDC, and that's where I hold my community healing circles at. Nice, and um, you know the place is great for what we're doing. But the shit you got to go through and see to get there is like, damn, like where they got me at? Like, am I being set up? You know what I mean? I but they uh, sold all them houses out there. Well, I mean, on a portion of it, whatever portion of Delray they needed to build on. Yeah. But everybody else, they just totally disregarded because it wasn't no use to them. You know what I mean? So there are still small communities with houses over there, you know. But I mean, ultimately, you know, everything over there just... You know, uh, it looks dilapidated, bro, you know, and it would make anybody uncomfortable that's not from the community or is not aware of what Delray is or what it's looked like or anything like that. People would come by and be disturbed about it. You know what I'm saying? And for us and for our people, it's like it's normal everyday, you know, uh, environment. You know, we we accustomed to pollution and and yeah. the polluted water and, you know, our streets being decrepit and houses being abandoned and lots being empty and, and poverty and all that good shit. I mean, you know, that's that's what we come from becomes normal. But when you look at it, you're like, damn, bro, like that's a savage ass life. Like who built that system? You know. 100 percent, dude, that shit is crazy, dude. Like growing up in that neighborhood is just we here now 
I'm glad you didn't get caught up in drugs, man. A lot of people I know, man, they got caught up with the pills and and you know the heroin. I sold a bunch of pills. Boy, there was times I sell three, four hundred pills a day. <laughs> I no would, wonder, no I, wonder, I people it like zombie at, land out here. I do. I mean, yeah. I, I, no, it's the hustle. I, I ain't knocking no. I even when I sold crack, you know. You know I sell it to the same people, dude, and they had a kid. It was, kid was dirty as shit one day, and I'm like, look, you feed that little motherfucker, and now come back. They come mm-hmm. back looking like fucking raccoons. Fingers all burnt. Lighters all over. But yeah. they called me 45 minutes later. Little motherfuckers with <laughs> diaper chains and Cheerios eating on the couch. <laughs> Oh, man, that shit's rough, dog. I tell you what, I try to stay away from hard drugs, you know. My family always taught me, you know, we sold weed, we sold cocaine. Then we're social drugs, party drugs. Yeah. But once you got off into, like, crack and heroin, like, that was a, a whole nother, whole nother monster, you know. I think I saw, I was, I sat in a crack house for about 30 days of my of my life, and it was, like, the worst experience I ever had in my history of hustling. When I started you know what I'm saying? It was the nastiest, dirtiest, mm. ugliest you know what I'm saying? I literally was sitting in a trap house, had a, one of my cousins drop me off McDonald's once a day. You know what I'm saying? And I'm talking about it was just wild, bro. You know, even the money comes nasty, dirty. They give now you, you get fives and, shit. and, and I'm like, dollars and tens. This and ain't no hustle, dog. This is a... You got shoeboxes full of dollars, fives, and tens. <laughs> I said, man, I never want to go to that shit. But I, I also never wanted to be responsible for contributing to the downfall of other people you know what i'm saying like i didn't want to come up at the expense of, of their you know suffering because i just you know i i just i had morality you know what i mean oh shit i didn't but, have nothing I and, and i ain't trying to dog. judge you i don't want you to feel bad i'm just saying that you know for me bro i mean i knew a lot of people who sold dope bro but something cracking from going from coke to crack is totally different bro that's totally different clientele totally different atmosphere totally different everything grimy motherfuckers that you gotta look behind your back every two seconds and they lie to you and they talk crazy and they don't don't they don't shut up. Motherfuckers wanna bring you DVDs and Man, you ain't bullshitting. Man, I had a family member, he stole a TV from a family member and then tried to sell it to me. I said, Man, ain't this shit crazy? I had to buy it back from him to give it back to my cousin. This shit wild. <laughs> yeah, but you know But it's the whole drug game in general, dude. I- I mean, bro, I, I, you know, when I was in prison, bro, I met people who, and, and young dudes, bro, they used to sell dope to their parents, mom, dad, uncles, aunts. And I said, you know what? No wonder young people don't have respect for older people, because if you're selling your mother, your father, that, you know, the adults in, in your, in your environment, drugs, then you look at them like, like they beneath you, you know what I'm saying? 100%. You look at them like, oh man, they they're drug addicts, you know. You don't have no respect for them. You look at them like they're the, you know, the bottom of the barrel. So then they start to look at all adults like that. Yeah. You know. I just hope I pay for all my karma. I done I done been through the shit storms and back, dog. Man, I used to pray for that all the time because, you know, I was always taught that the sins of the fathers are passed on to the sons. And I always said, I know I did a lot of bad shit in my life. And like I said, it wasn't all because I was a bad person. It was just, 
you know, being a product of my environment, bro. We had to rob people, shoot people, cocktail bomb house. I mean, my house was cocktail bomb. My house got shot mm-hmm. up. You know, my house got raided by the ATF and Drano and, you know what I'm saying? I had Shit. a big upside down family sign in front of my house. I was getting shot up. <laughs> Nigga, I, I, used to, I used to spray paint my own house and garage and sidewalk in my room. And my mom's like, why are you crazy? <laughs> I'm like, shit, I'm in it to win it, baby. You know what I'm saying? I wanted everybody in the community to know I'm not discriminating. I'll, I'll tag my own shit up. You know what I mean? Dude, I was, but now looking back at myself, I was dude, I can never be that dude. The older I get, the more I'm at peace with myself. Back then, I loved that shit, bro. Like, Mm-hmm. Like I, like there was something wrong with me. I love that shit, bro. Mm-hmm. I remember you used to have that Impala too, man. You had a nice Impala, bro. Remember we worked that, me, you, and Ron. We went up to that. Uh, we were making them car seats. Oh yeah, big old Ron. Ron, we smoked out. Go to your house. We smoked out. We didn't even make it to work, dog. Fuck it. Yeah, I remember that, bro. That's crazy. That was way out. What the east side, west side? What was that, Davidson or some oh, shit? Oh, I forgot to show everybody my little gift bag. What? My dog Mark came through for me. What? I got me a sweet-ass classics hat. Let me see what else is in the goodie bag. Love my hats. Okay. Woo! Got me a killer-ass T-shirt, classics T-shirt. Hell yeah, this boy's sweet too, bro. Check it out. Check it out. Classics breaking bread with me, boy. That's what I'm talking about. And you got the hoodie. And I got the hoodie. Can't beat that, baby. <laughs> you gave me a whole little wardrobe <laughs> just now. Shit. You know how we do, baby. Man, thank you so much, brother. I appreciate that, man. Thank you, man. Much love to you, bro. And I'll tell you what, man. For a year straight, when I came home, a year straight, Mark cut my hair for free. Every week. I tried to pay him 10 different times, 10 different ways. He would not do it. And I just, I respected that. I appreciated it, bro. You know, I thank you. And um, the only thing fucked up the momentum was the pandemic. (laughs) (laughs) By the time the pandemic was over, nigga, I'm going to need the $35. I was like, God damn. No, I'm bullshitting. But But that's uh, been my life the last 10 years. Yeah, I've done my little, but I've, you know, I just, on that equipment i'm like dude that just made me think i'm fucking retired from the game bro mm-hmm. I'm, I'm throwing fades out baby man i know so many people that have done folded up shop bro because it's like you know it's 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 overloaded in michigan everybody's Dog. got trees bro thousand dollars a pound bro. what you gonna do with that that's what i'm bro, saying i've seen it bro. come in from dude i was taking to north carolina getting 3600 a pound and Good then it money. went then then even around here i was 26 24 i can make money off 26 yeah, 24 thousand yeah. dollars now motherfuckers Give me eight hundred. <laughs> shit, DTE eight hundred. Yeah, who you gonna sell it to? You know what I'm saying? Shit, everybody's aunt, uncle, cousin, and neighbor growing Man. that shit and got that shit. I was doing that shit and before then the it was illegal. Dispensaries are killing everybody. You know, but Dude, one of my clients said that uh, dispensaries are paying six hundred a pound. Yeah. Wow. I'll tell you what, the thing that keeps me alive is the loyalty, you know, the relationships that I have with people, people who just genuinely got love for me, support me, love what I'm doing, love to stay connected to me. And even though they can go anywhere and everywhere else, but it's always not going to be this. It's not going to be the same experience. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, any any anytime I'm around people, I always want people to feel loved. I want them to feel cared about. I want them to feel important. You know what I'm saying? And I treat people just like that. And uh, and you know just treating people like that 
um, you know, it's priceless. You know, who doesn't want to be treated with love and respect, bro? That's it. You know, everybody don't want to be treated like clientele, like I'm just a customer, like I'm just a paycheck. You know what I mean? That's all. I've been cutting the same people for years, but I don't. They ain't. I'm. I don't view them like my clients. I view them like, dude. There's Joe. There's this. You know. I know the stories, and I've cut through their kids, their grandkids. Bro, you could run a podcast right out your barbershop because I can't imagine how many stories you've heard. I know as soon as somebody sticks I mean, in the, the barbershop is where it's at. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You could sit there and cut a hair and hear a person's whole life. If you've that's been cutting it. a person's hair for a year, five years, or ten years, you pretty much know their whole life, you know? Because I've been to graduation parties, funerals. <laughs> like, like, dude, I mean, we all people, dude. I mean... But but tell me this though, how did you start cutting hair? I ain't never seen you cut nobody's hair a day <laughs> in my life. I come home and you just full blown. I didn't barber. start going. I didn't go to barber school until like two thousand three when Gage was born. Oh shit! That's, I went to prison in 02. So after I so went, that, you said fuck this shit. Let me get my shit together. Huh? Well, yeah, I try to get it together. <laughs> <laughs> I was still being stupid. Yeah, hell yeah, I already know. <laughs> shit, and then that's that straddling the fence shit. You know, what yeah, I mean? like, straddling you got good the fence. But they almost came up to bite me. You know, last time I even saw coke that 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 month. Me and another person, you know, we we ran to about fifteen keys. Damn, that's a lot, bro. And that's gonna get a lot of attention. That's a it lot got a lot of attention. Hell yeah, it's a lot of noses. So my ass went to North Carolina and got the fuck out. That my life was falling apart, dog. I let the money go over everything. Yeah, and 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 that's sad because I always believe that man makes the money, money don't make the man, and and sometimes money will consume you, bro. You know what I'm saying? It'll change you. It'll it'll take over. You know if you, you know, don't you got know your how followers to control it. And yeah, just dude. Now that you get the money, you got ten motherfuckers and trying to stab your back. Everybody right wanna, behind you. Yeah, yeah, and it be your own people. It be your time, own bro. people. That's why my that's why my circle like this now, dog. Yeah, I mean, my whole life, bro. That's that's all. That's the only people that ever hurt me was my family, my friends, my love. The only ones ever lied to me, disappointed me, betrayed me, did me bold, wrong, lied, set me up, snitch. Everything has always been my own people, bro. But you I moved to North Carolina for like four four years. Gage living me for about a year there. And I was cutting down there, and it's just slow life there, bro. Mm -hmm. I met some cool-ass people, but it's slow as shit. They get a haircut once a month. We at this bitch once a week. I had to drive like 45, 50 minutes to to the hood to cut hair. Mm -hmm. Dude, I worked in an all-black barbershop. Like, all-black. I was the first white motherfucker to even meet up in there. Okay. And then was you able to hang? Was you able to get what oh, you said or what? The first day this lady was uh little little kid got in my chair and the lady was like, Ain't no white motherfucker cutting my kid's hair, this and that. I said, Fuck him. And I just <laughs> sat there and then she was like, You wanna cut my kids hair after she seen me cutting? Yeah. And I'm like, No, man, fuck it. But it ended up being my one of my best clients. You know I ain't like that, dog. Yeah, but real. I'll have to I've proved point. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt about it. It's crazy how people would judge you just cause you know what nah, I'm saying? They and then they think because you white you don't know how to cut black people's exactly. hair exactly you know but you know sometimes you I, I got to show you better than i can tell you you know that's it i worked man i worked in an old beat up country uh 
backwoods barbershop. All they did was a, uh, all they did was flat tops. The grandma got a flat top. The, the, the uncle got a flat top. Everyone got a flat top. But I know I do flat tops now. Hell no, that's crazy as hell, bro. How could you explore, expand as a barber where you just doing the same old thing? But I get people to come in and, you know, start working here because Michigan's so bad right now. Like, no one got to go to school, bro. You just you can just mimic someone and, and go straight to a shop now. And um, they'll be like, uh, you guys uh, use scissors good? I'm like, you mean shears? <laughs> or you know barber side they be like what, what's that blue stuff and they they sitting there they like they cut hair for two years but they don't even know what barber side is yeah yeah no doubt about it shit it's a lot of guys i know learned how to cut hair while they were in prison you know what i'm saying and they had to use uh mustache trimmers and shit oh, they shit. didn't even have like no we had our barbers at, we had a barber shop in the prison mm -hmm. but you know you had to get on a call out you had to wait like the homies i'll go to them because hey bro i need a cut right now you know what i'm saying one two dollars give them some soaps and some soups and i'm and i'm on and popping and they'll butter you up with some old mustache trimmers you know what i'm saying hey you sweet as hell but that that's bitch. a job Shit, Jimmy the Barber, bro. Jimmy the Barber, he been cutting my hair since we were in prison, bro. Mm -hmm. We was at Newberry, and uh, fuck, bro. I used to sit in the bathroom. Guys taking showers on one side. Guys taking the shit on the other side. And I'm just in the middle getting a haircut. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, I, you know, that's why I always tell, you know, when I talk to the youth and shit, I'm like, bro, that going to prison is not sweet. That ain't what you want. You know what I'm saying? You got to sit there in the middle. You got to sit next to a guy taking his shit. You got to look at another guy taking his shit like that. That ain't that ain't what, it, you know, that ain't life, bro. I mean, it's a life, but it ain't the life for me. And I, it ain't the life that you want. Life is finding your purpose and being happy with it and living and just living the rest of your days doing what you love. Mm hmm. So when did you have a kid, bro? Like when when did you have your first your first you had your son? Had my son. I was what twenty five when I had my son. Okay. Then I thought he would be in it. Years later, here come Ruby. You know, she eight now. So yeah, I'll tell you what, bro. You're a good dad, bro. Every time I see you. You're with your kids. You're doing something with your kids. That's I it. seen the recent trip that you just took with your son. Yeah, we went out there. Arizona. That's like that's little Mark right there, bro. You know what I mean? That's it. Everything you teach him, everything you invest into him and pour into him, he's gonna become, bro. And it's the same thing with negativity and positivity, bro. If you teach them negativity, they're gonna come out that way. Kids are like sponges, bro. They soak up everything, whether it's right or wrong. And and in their eyes, my mother, my father, they can't be wrong. You know, everything they taught me, that's what my mom taught me that's what my dad taught me that's what they told me they said this is how it goes no matter if it's right or wrong so we all have a responsibility you know what i'm saying to be an example of growth you know a maturity of change of responsibility of you know learning how to prioritize and teaching them you know about you know business and and and, and teaching them about education and the value of family and you know even even three Things words like really please thank matter. you and excuse me you know the hold the door open for someone yeah that's one thing I say to my son, man. I mean, I ain't got to tell him nothing no more. He grown up, but he opened that door open, and mm -hmm. you know what? But I, I, I sheltered him. Like, when he was young, you know, we got raided. And he's he's in his diapers, and his room's getting tore apart. But, you know, luckily he had a mom with that. that they kicked me to the curb. It was like, <laughs> she did what she had to do. You can have this Mickey Mouse shit, huh? <laughs> 
<laughs> she liked the buddy, but she didn't like like the what came with it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, and and it's a lot of women that do that though. It's a lot of women who they eat with their eyes. They see a guy, he got gold, he got dang, he got a nice car, he, he making money, he got shit, and they fall in love with that. Have your baby, everything, mm-hmm. but. You know, eventually shit goes south. You know what I mean? And then what? Now you want to jump ship. Now you don't want no parts of it. But when we was at Southland and Fairlane and you shopping online good and everything good, but when shit goes sour, now all of a sudden I'm a piece of shit. I'm just a drug dealer. I'm too hood. Why do you talk like that? This or that. Like I'm like, man, that shit crazy. But But that shit will teach you, man, the the difference between circumstantial love and unconditional love, bro. we, We still cool to this day, though. We come together for our son. That's good. That's good. At the end of the day, that's the only thing that really matters. That's why I do everything I do is for my kids. I mean, life is a learning experience, man. Life is going to be your best teacher, bro. That's it. You know, who you were then, you are not today. And who she was then is not who she I've is I've lost today. three or four lives. But I tell you what, I'm 44 now, and I'm loving this life. I'm going to have a, a better life here soon. Mm-hmm. I just keep on pushing. I keep on climbing that ladder. No doubt about it, bro. So... How long have you owned your shop, and what like what motivated you to do that? Was you just cutting hair on the side, just making a couple of dollars here and well, there? Well, I was in North Carolina, then I had Gage, and then I kind of lost him in court, so I moved. I, I moved back, and just to be closer with him and stuff. And you know, I was with Rube. Rube was like, "You need to open up a shop, this and that." I'm like, ah, you know, I, dude, I was working. I was working over at a fabulous. I would cut ahead, come out the back door, come back about three, four grand, you know, weed money and shit. Yeah, <laughs> and oh then, yeah, yeah, hell yeah. But two thousand, two thousand, fabulous hair and nails. Uh, so me and my business partner Javi, oh, we okay. both worked there. Oh shit! Okay, all right. And then we find out you was working at Fantastic Sam's, nigga, and or Bo Ricks or something. <laughs> Our place used to be it fantastic. Used to be fantastic Sam's, Sam's back in the day. I swear to God, I was like, damn. So 2013, we we opened up Classics Barbershop. Okay, that's sweet. Ten that's years, good. ten years now, we still there. I see you just gave the place a facelift. We just gave it a facelift. Man, it looks sweet in there. We're bro. getting there, man. We still. We're blessed, man. We're busy. All our guys got their shit together. You know, I don't have to be up on them. They love to make money. I, I mean, I couldn't ask for a better group of guys, bro. No, that's dope because it's not always easy to find, you know, good help, good workers, people who people come want it, but up, yeah, but they don't want to put the dedication to it. Like it's, yeah. it's going to come to them. No, you got to yeah. People want to show up when they want to and when they feel like it and all mm-hmm. that. Like those are the ones that don't make it. I tell my team, I'm a reflection to you. You're a reflection to me. That's we it. in this shit together. Let's make it happen. You know what I'm saying? I understand that life can, life can be overwhelming. Everybody has bad days. Shit happens. I understand, but ultimately we we need to have effective communication you know what i'm saying and we need to always communicate with each other and and that's how we're gonna build our bond our relationship and we're gonna get the job done you know what i'm saying these group guys i've been working with now i mean everyone there probably been about five years sammy's been there about six seven years but dude sammy started out young now sammy got about 10 whips i mean 
You got yeah, a family. Yeah, no that's sweet, everyone bro. got something, you know. But that's and you, hard and you work. don't even have to sell drugs to get this no, shit, bro. You know, because that's, you know, that's how I used to think. I used to feel like the only way I was ever going to be able to have anything was selling, was selling drugs. But that's not true, bro. Yeah, I, I mean, I know it now. Yeah, I know. shit, I got more now than I ever had. And I don't exactly. even sell no drugs. You know, and what I got to look behind my back. None of that. And then everything I, sleep I got, good at night. they can't take from me, bro. Nope. I got check stuff. I got proof of all my, yeah, my finances. Shit. You know what I mean? Before I mean, I still owe the IRS, but we're going to be paid by the second. <laughs> you better pay that state, that city, that Fed tax. You know what I'm saying? I'm totally legal now. Man, I'm telling you, bro, I just got a bonus at work. You hear me? And, uh, man, I'm looking at all the tax that they took out. I said, shit, Uncle Sam ain't playing no games. I said, man, what is, I don't even know what this shit is called, what it's for, what it goes to, or nothing. But you know what? Whatever, man. Whatever, man. Come on with the come on. Because at a point like this, man, it's hard on the yard, baby. And every little bit helps. Yes, sir. Yup. So how's fatherhood, man? Like, you got your son. He's older. Your daughter's younger. I, I know I know she be get, giving you hell, you know what I'm saying? She is a mini-me, dude. <laughs> and she's totally, she's opposite from her brother, but she is a mini-me. She loves shits to go fast, fucking loud engines, and she says she's a tomboy. She ain't a little girl. She's a tomboy. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Well, she spent a lot of time with her dad, and she'd be at that barber shop. You, has she ever been interested in like cutting hair or inquiring? She says she's gonna barbers? do nails like her mom, but we'll okay. see. But okay. yeah, she's my little riding buddy in the summer. You need to incorporate that. You got the space for it, bro. You could have somebody in there doing nails, bro, and making more money and getting more more clientele, bro. I know. I mean, I, there's so many things right now. I'm, like especially around this time, um, it's my busy time. I got a bunch of motorcycles coming in the garage because I'm starting to, trying to open my own motorcycle shop. It just man, I'm steadily trying to push myself. Yeah, no doubt about it, man. I I, I understand. I'm the same way, but um, money. You know what I'm saying? Money is always like the biggest obstacle. Money's always the biggest all obstacle. My, all my ideas, I got. I could have the most wonderful, no. most creative ideas mm-hmm. and plans. But if you ain't got the money, you know how they say, no money, no funny, bro. I know. Gage is like, uh, Dad, we need to do uh, real estate. I'm like, where are we going to get this money at? If <laughs> 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 yeah, we just yeah. go to the bank, you know, he's been so sheltered. It's but I'm like, son, you know, you got to do this, 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 this. And, you know, that's what I was thinking about the other day, man. I don't know why, but I was just cruising down to, uh, on my way to work. And I was thinking, like, Google, like, Everybody goes to Google for everything. Uh, everything. You know, I remember like me and my daughter, we would have our little disputes about shit. And she'll be like, well, dad, I looked it up and Google said this and Google's. I said, I don't care about no damn Google. I'm your dad. I'm telling you this shit. You know what I'm saying? But I said, damn, Google replaced parents. Hell yeah, you know what did. I'm saying? Like when the parents are at work or whatever they're doing, you know, when they don't they don't have time to be there and teach their kids and raise their kids and stuff like that. that. Kids are going to learn from a, one source or another. And Google has been their source of all information. They believe that anything and everything that Google says is is real is reality is the TikTok, truth all that and it and it's sad because um it's taken the power away from from the parents you know oh, yeah where where kids don't even want to hear what you got to say because if if google says it then that's what's right you know what i mean <laughs> 
My yeah. daughter be like, Dad, you old. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, but yeah, you right. Google's everything. I know Javi, uh, my business partner, he be, that motherfucker Google everything, dog. I, I know, and I, I never really uh, got into it until recently. You know what I'm saying? Like, people are like, bro, just look it up on Google. And I'm like, man, I'm not getting off into that shit. I, I'll figure it out. But that's now I'm like, Google, what does this mean? Uh, what does that mean? You that's know my I'm problem saying? is, you know, being computer savvy, you know, doing... Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm like, man, fuck that. Even now I got my, uh, I do all my appointments and stuff on the Cut app. Mm -hmm. Man, Sammy, all them, they were doing that for years. I'm like, I'm in my book like this. <laughs> That's how <laughs> and I'm getting them from Facebook, text message, phone calls to the shop, you know, yeah. all, and then I'm double booking myself. I'm like, yeah. let me try this out. Man, yeah, life makes everything game changer. Don't it? Makes game changer. Convenient, bro. And that's crazy because that was like one of my biggest challenges. So, you know, when I was in prison, I was very studious. I loved to study. I used to study curriculum because I used to facilitate classes every day in there. So I was very studious. I always did research. I used to highlight, take notes. Like I used to love that shit. So when I came home, I'm like, oh, man, I'm going to be great at this, you know. Mm -hmm. So I signed up for college. As soon as I get out, all I want to do is just make all the right decisions. I want to be in the right places with the right people at the right time. And uh, so I signed up for college, you know, thinking that it was going to be, you know, along the lines of what I like to do, you know. Total opposite. Everything was about technology. You had to do research. Every class I had, you had to have a report. You had to do homework. You had to do research. And I was like, holy shit. And everything had to be done on a laptop. And I'm like, dog, I don't even know how to use the phone, let alone a laptop. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. I'm a hands-on person. I got to I gotta learn with my hands, bro. Yeah. And that's what I tell them, too, like, because every everybody has different comprehension skills. Mm -hmm. And I'm like a hands-on learner. You know, mm -hmm. that's the type of person that I am because even when I read, I got to read the shit three th three times, three, four times, you know, so I can comprehend it fully. You exactly. know, yeah. you ever read books? Not as many as I should, but what kind of books did you read? I'm, you know, I want to say books. I say, I'm magazines. <laughs> Come on, dog. You know I ain't read that yeah, many books, dog. No, I thought you read some westerns or something. He said I read GQ magazine and. Hell no, he's reading Playboy magazine. No, I ain't reading no Playboys, though. You don't have to read them. It ain't nothing <laughs> but pictures in that motherfucker. No, -uh. Not no more. They don't even show nothing no more. Ever since Hev died. Oh, man. They done sabotaged his business. Yeah, I think his daughter took it over or some shit. Man, that's crazy. Nah, I don't read that much, bro. Okay. I, I watch a lot of them damn stupid ass uh, Facebook videos. Mm-hmm. We at night trying to go to sleep. We watching videos. Oh, them reels. Yeah, my my wife, she loves watching reels, looking at all them crazy shit, man. I'm like, damn. It's just crazy because it really is. Like they say, the world is at the tip of your fingers. It is. And, and it's crazy because you can be anywhere in real time. You know what I mean? I could be talking to somebody in Cambodia right now, you well, know? Imagine if this shit, like all this cameras and everything was around when we was young. Bro, we had to remember people's phone numbers and everything. Mm -hmm. We wouldn't have got away with shit back in the day. <laughs> but the, the thing is, it ain't stopped shit. I'm looking at reels and videos. I see people, 100 people walking in Walmart and just walking out with shit. You see, you look at the gas station, party store, you see people having a full-blown shootout. You know what I'm saying? Like, people don't care about no damn cameras. You know what I mean? Like, Man. 
it and and that's wild because they be on there boasting talk about yeah I shot this motherfucker or yeah this and that like dog and put mm-hmm. it on YouTube and, and then talking about somebody told on me <laughs> told, told on, on your damn self. You taking pictures with the gun you just killed three people with. You sound goofy than a mug, man. But that's the difference, though. You know what I'm saying? At least we had a little code of silence about ourselves. But you, we out. But at the end of the day, man, that lifestyle altogether, it just um, you can only go so far in it, man. You yeah. know, I, I tell you know because I go around the schools all all over Detroit, even at Rouge at Sabbath. I speak to the kids and uh, and I just tell them like. If you think about all the people who did it the biggest, did it the most, we're talking about BMF, we can talk about all of them. Big Meat, you can talk about Chapo, you can talk about the biggest to the little. The biggest who had the biggest operations countrywide, statewide, the most money than anybody. Exactly. What is it that you think that you're going to do that they didn't do? Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And all of them are either dead or in prison. Yeah, there's only a couple of outcomes. Only a couple of you outcomes. You know? So it's like, you know what, man? I got to do something different. People, it just, people need to have confidence in themselves, bro. You That's know what it, I mean? Bro. But it's, I mean, it's just hard to dream big when you're surrounded by everything that's so small. Negative. Poverty, it keeps you keeps you suffocated. It keeps your mind uh, thinking a small manner. You know what I mean? you're too worried about paying this bill and that bill. and You're just worried about survival. That's, that's it. it. My whole life, bro, has been based on survival. And I even now, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sick of this shit, bro. I want to get out of this, uh, you know, survival, you know what I'm saying, check to check lifestyle bro you know what i'm saying like i'm ready to level up with this shit man you know what i'm saying and uh, i don't know when it's gonna come or how it's gonna come but that shit got to come sooner than later oh it's gonna come it just uh you know it gets frustrating dog it does dude i mean when you want to do so many you know things and then a lot of people they you know they they want everything now but sometimes the the best things come to those who wait I've been waiting a long damn time. I know you know what (laughs) 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 But every day you work on something, dog, it's it's one step closer, one step closer. I just I just realized that I just my whole life since childhood always been in survival mode, bro. You know what I'm saying? Everything has been about survival from, from you know, just growing up, from going to the youth home, from going to prison. Everything, my mindset, the way I, you know, conducted myself, the things that I did, everything was based on survival. You know what I mean? And at the at the age that I'm at today and where I'm at in my life today, bro, like, I, you know, you got to fight for your peace. You got to choose peace every day, bro. And, um, you know, I just, I want better for myself. I always tell God, the more I have, the more I ha- have to give. You know what I'm saying? You got people who got plenty they don't break bread with nobody bro they don't share shit you know what i'm saying with nobody and and to me it's not even about me you know what i'm saying it's about me being able to put myself in a better position to be able to help others you know that's good man yeah but i'm building bro i'm building i'm building a network you know what i'm saying it gets frustrating even sometimes discouraging bro you know and uh but i'm just gonna keep on pushing bro that's all you can do yeah, no I doubt mean, about it. What are what are some of the challenges that you deal with being a business owner? You know, especially you know of a barber shop. Like, tell us, you know, about you know the ups and downs of the business. Because somebody will look at you like, oh, he owns a business. He's got plenty of money. He's rich. He's got this. Yeah, got that, that, that. You know, dude, I I went almost five years before I even seen a dollar back. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? But it's just finding people that with the same like minded that, that wants to work. 
everyone says they want it, but they don't. Do you really want it? I know because that's my that's my job. I help people get jobs. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I want a job. Well, do you have a car? Do you have a license? Do you have? No. Are you going to show up? Are you? Yeah, yeah. It should only take you six months to get your all your clientele, you know, halfway decent. I got motherfuckers. I ain't make shit all day because you've been bullshitting all day. You ain't never mm. been around. You know what I mean? Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, don't cry woes me if you ain't willing to go get it. Mm-hmm. And, and like a, a lot of these people I see on the corners begging for money, like, you know, prior to me, uh, you know, getting out of prison, like, you know, I've always been a giver, bro. That's just who I am. That's the essence and the nature of who Eladio is. I'm, I'm, I'm a giver. You know what I mean? But um, I came home and I'm like, I'm seeing people on every fucking corner asking Everybody. for money. Everybody got two hands, two feet, just like me. Shit, I seen guys with nice clean clothes on and new shoes and boots. And I'm like, man, this shit done turned into a hustle, dog. This ain't even people who need nothing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> this is people just trying to scam. I done seen people with their whole family and shit. They, they build a whole scene. They got the dog. He's starving. And, and they out there. And they got the kids out there. Ruby wants me to get money to all of them. I'm like, baby, no, no, no. <laughs> I know. I, I used to. I honestly was. And then one time um, I went to the Family Dollar over there on uh, Southfield in E-Course. Mm-hmm. And it was a guy standing out there. And I was with my dog. And he was like, man, I know that dude, man. He buy dope off of me. I'm like, damn, for real? So as we're walking in the store, he seen dog. He's like, what up, dude? He's like, man, you know me. I'm out here hustling. I said, you son of a bitch. You would have been <laughs> hustling a motherfucker. I would have gave you $2, too. And you over here hustling me, you'll never see a penny from me. I got a guy. He'll come over. He'll, come on, man. Let me get $5. I'll give you $5. Clean up my parking lot. I, yup. I, I agree. Clean the windows. Sweep do up the head. Do so. Earn it. You know earn what I'm it. saying? Ain't nothing wrong with that. Shit. Shit earn your and, and And sometimes I give him $40 for doing it. Mm-hmm. He might be out there about 10 minutes, but at least you trying. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt about it, man. That's dope. But then he would come back every day. Come on. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That's like feeding the cat milk, man. They always going to come on back. So, so what's the future looking like for you, bro? What projects, what plans, what you got for yourself? Future looks like I'm still gonna grind, cutting hair, but I'm trying to get my own motorcycle um garage together. Hopefully, in the next year. So, so what do you want to do? You just gonna be a mechanic? You gonna fix bikes or what? Do you yeah, gonna- I mean, you know, like accessories and shit like that. Man, okay. I got a, I got a guy for everything on, on bikes, but I do a lot of it myself. But um, dude, I'm just trying to put my hands in a couple little things, man, and, mm-hmm. and live my life, dude. Yeah. The shop hopefully will be there for another 10, 10 years. I mean, and I hope one day they open up shops and mm. everything I've seen, else. I've seen you like I've seen you try a few different things. I've seen that you had them glass cases where you were selling shoes and clothes for a minute. Well, and, actually, that know. was I allow people to come into my shop and make money. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, that's I mean, dope. I'm that's not. Dope. If you want to make money, shit, I I'm see, all uh, with it. Even a uh, shout out to my man, Alante Mills. He got, uh, he be having a vending machines, you know what I'm yeah. saying? And he puts them in place. He's got snack machines, pop machines, shit like that. And, uh, you know, that who would have thunk it? You know, my, my homeboy, Antonio Segura, shout out to him. He, he made a business out of, um, out of pallets. 
You know what I'm saying? He repairs pallets, fixes them, collects them. He'll give you a dollar for a pallet. Go fix it up with two broken pallets and sell it for three dollars. You they know what say I'm if saying? You had, if you brought seven people together and you put them all like equals, you, you could be a millionaire in like so many years. But everyone knows someone, bro. Mm-hmm. If we all work together, shit, who knows what could happen? Mm-hmm. Well, we we come from the hood. Everyone's against each other. No doubt. Yeah, I already know that crab in a bucket theory. But I'll tell you what, people are doing a lot better now they than are they were better. then, bro. And people are very creative. Shout out to the DHDC. Like they contribute so much to to you know just local business owners. Like you know everybody, um, you know uh, local vendors. You know every Friday uh, they have events, the Fantasma Market, um, and they have all local vendors, local performers. I mean, it's just dope. It's for the community. Everything is free. Like, you know, it just, you know, you can't beat it. And I love seeing everybody networking and um, just networking, being put in an opportunity uh, for my next guest who's going to sit down and come build with you, my my man, Bill Swift. He's going to be here in a minute and share a little bit about his story and the projects he's working on. But building bridges, like they say, your network is determined by your or no, your net worth is determined by your network. You know what I'm saying? And um, I've always been a people person. And that's why my show is called Real Everyday People, because everybody comes from somewhere. Everybody has a story to tell. Everybody is capable of being, you know, inspiring and, and motivational to somebody else. Exactly. I'd rather build bridges than burn bridges. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt about it. But it's some bridges that you need to burn. Oh, yeah. 100%. <laughs> All them no bridges are burned it, so far. <laughs> Hey, Mark, so let them know where they can find you at, man. How can they contact you? You know, give them you can the call address. This, come to the shop, 2375 4th Street. We're right next to... Um, Lincoln Park. Right across the street from CVS on 4th Street, right next to the tobacco shop and to the tax place. Um, yeah, we're open Tuesday through Saturday, 10 to 7. Um, the shop's number is 313 Damn, I don't even know my shop number, bro. <laughs> Do you got a website or anything they can go through? Do you guys got a Facebook page or Instagram page? Or is it everything just Aaron, Mark Fader? No. Um, little man just did my damn thing. To, uh, Classics, Classics Barbershop 2013. You can go on uh, Facebook or you can just hit me up on Facebook, Mark Fader. Um. Yeah, but just come to the shop. Yeah. Hey, man, you can Google us. Yeah. And it, we're usually the first one that pops up. Okay, that's dope, man. And I appreciate you did such a good job cutting my little grandson's hair, bro. Oh, you know yeah. what I'm saying? He looks so handsome. He's about <laughs> due for another one. But I just, you know, I loved it because... You were patient. You were experienced. You know what I'm That's saying? It, like I, I mean, see some people, they get frustrated with kids because kids, kids don't always cooperate. Yeah. But, you know, you did your thing, bro. And I was like, man, this is dope. I came to the right person. That's it. Because I wanted to make sure that I took my grandson to the right person. You know you what know, I mean? And I thought about you, you. And you took care of business, man. So thank you, bro. I love you. I appreciate you. Thank you for coming on the show. I appreciate you Thank you me. for all the gifts. Uh, you know, I appreciate you sharing your story with everybody. And, um, you know, I, I'll definitely be to see you soon, bro. I'll be there, brother. Much love to you. 
But um, man, we got my man Bill Swift in the house, Ooh, wow. man. Bill, what's going on with you, brother? Right, man, on? welcome to the El Nino podcast. Happy to he- uh, have you here. Uh, we met each other at the premiere of Undying Love. Yes, sir. And uh, you know, we did a we did a, a brief little interview. Yeah, we did Shared your story. Uh, did a great job. Had my man Brian Ruiz from Legal Aliens Podcast create the real. And uh, man, it was just it was just really a dope experience getting to know you. And and look look where we're at now. Now yeah, we're sitting here on. Yeah, front got, and center. God puts us in, in, in places where we're supposed to be. Um, and that's something I've believed in for a long time. Even if it's a place that, that, that drags us down a little bit, it's a place we're supposed to be because we have to learn something from it. Ain't so, no doubt about it. Th- this, is, this is where we're at, and it's a, it's a good thing. And I, I know sometimes it's hard for people to be able to see that when you're in the midst of suffering and you're in pain and loss and you're just asking God, why, why, why? And sometimes you don't even know the reason it could be two three five years later and then all of a sudden everything makes sense it, it makes sense and this this is what brings us to and um i'll bring this whole this whole thing full circle because it what it's what brings us to the film that we're promoting um april 29th mjr southgate 6 p.m um red carpet seven o'clock's a movie go on event bright but that this film is a real does that very thing we take our, our lead character, Jack, through his life and the things that he is going through, what he's doing. He's not, he's not, at first he's not seeing it and then he starts to realize what's going on. But by the time he realizes what's going on around him, it it becomes too late. And then yeah. he finds himself in, in a place that, you know, as we've said, um, he ends up in a place where, where questions are asked and, and answers can't be hidden. Because mm-hmm. it's going to determine his fate, so uh, it's a fantastic film. Is we're gonna, we're going to take you through Jack's life and give you an opportunity to think about the things that we do in our lives and how they affect everyone around us. Um, so it was it was real cool listening to you two cats because he, a lot of those stories fall into the same category of what we're what we're talking about. We're pretty much into the same business, bro. You know, yeah, like yeah, I yeah. said, my, my job here is to document stories of people from urban communities and all walks of life and to share their experiences, share their journey with people because yeah. you never know who's going through the things you have been through and you know you could be a guider you know you right. could be guiding somebody advising somebody who's in that same position right now and just and needed to hear what you had to say. You know, in, in, in a lot of cases, in in most cases, if if you you step back and just be you and talk, um, you don't even realize that those people needed to hear it. Mm-hmm. Um, because when you do realize that they needed to hear it, that's when when the preaching starts coming out. So you just step back and just just start talking, just like you guys did. It was it was fantastic listening to you guys because you know growing up in those neighborhoods and, and you know I grew up in southwest southwest Detroit, uh, you know. Hubbard and Porter and Vinewood and West Grand Boulevard, uh, Junction and, and Livernois and all these places and, mm-hmm. and dragging yourself through them streets, streets that like you guys are talking about. I, you know, take my kids on there and they're like, um, <laughs> are, are we, we okay, Pop? And I'm like, nah, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I yeah. used to ride my bike down through here. I used to run through that alley to get to the store quicker. And, you know, it's just, just the way it is. So, uh, and then even seeing like the homeless communities now, yeah. like it, it's just, 
it's crazy because I never seen it before, you know, like prior to me going to prison, like we didn't really have homeless people like that. And when I came home, they were like everywhere. Like it was yeah. just communities of homeless people. A couple months ago, I went to uh, East L.A. I had to go out there uh, for a funeral for my stepmother. Uh, may she rest in peace, her and my father. But, um, you know, I went out there and um, and I mean, bro, they had like blocks and communities yeah. of nothing but homeless people living in tents uh living out of their own vehicles and i mean like it was just a normal life a normal a right. normal day for yeah. them and it's, it was just every sad to see like how does how does it come to that how do we how do we reach that point as a country as a nation but not only that as an individual as a person how do you let yourself get to that point like i know a lot of people who have shared their stories up here that were homeless at yeah. one point you know and i know sometimes it just it just it's just that bad and sometimes i guess some things are just out of your control they you and know? a lot of things happen um yeah, well i'm gonna i'm gonna keep doubling back to this because it's fun that we're talking about this same thing with this with this movie when you start to see jack's life spiral you see his life spiral, but Jack doesn't. Mm -hmm. uh, and his life starts to spiral out of control. I wrote another uh, screenplay that I want to turn into a trilogy that deals with homeless veterans. Okay. Uh, as a veteran myself, uh, it hits close to my heart. But you learn also in that film that being homeless you're not a, doesn't mean you're a bad person life takes a hold of you and drags you to through a certain point and by the time you get to that point getting out of that is that much more difficult because you know if you're homeless and you want to get out of it you don't have an address you don't have a car you don't have a license you don't have uh, anything anyway if anyone and mental illness also and, plays and you, a factor and you pull that on top of it so when you go you're like all right I'm going to dig out of this I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm going to do the right thing I'm going to go get a job Okay, on your application, what's your address? Damn. The 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 third tree in the park on the west side. It don't <laughs> quite work. Yeah. So that's a lot of what that film starts to work around. But it's it's uh it it's folks like like yourself and you know f like like my man over here um, that have these stories that have this experience that have these things inside of them that that can sit in these in these places can talk in the barber shop you know they say the barber shop and the bar the the barber and the bartender are the two biggest people outside of a priest mm -hmm. <laughs> that yeah, people confess to yeah um, they tell their stories too they tell their issues and their problems and they sit there and talk about it um and the cool thing with with what i do now is all these experiences and all these things that i hear i see i've gone through i've done um now i get to write them and I get to tell stories about them. And as we we did with this movie, Is It Real? Uh, I'm going to do this real quick. Eventbrite, is it, look up Is It Real? Our, our premiere is April 29th, this coming Saturday, MJR Southgate. Um, just check us out. Look us up. Myself, Bill Swift, or Carrie Swift. Check us out on, on social media, and then uh, we'll hook up. The movie's beautiful. Uh, we're going to send you through, through to a place that you that no one on this planet has ever lived to tell about but at the same time you're gonna you're gonna have a get a get a certain kind of feeling for it because it tells a story and it tells a wonderful story that we're gonna that that touches your heart touches your soul mm -hmm. uh you're gonna get your action your grit your dirt your 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 all the stuff that that people crave in a film 
and then we're gonna we're gonna bring you to another place and give you some heartfelt feeling. So is it gonna have like documentary feels? No, not not, okay. not at all. This this is more more so where like I said, we take Jack through his life. So Jack finds himself in a place and he as his guide is taking him through this, we go back to certain spots in his life. We go, we, and then he comes back, and they, and they have a discussion over over things. And so these is this, two, is this a real person and a real a real story? Um, it's it's probably a, a whole bunch of people's story. Wow. Um, but it wasn't written from that. Um, there is a portion in this film that I actually wrote from my life. So okay. there's one right. small spot, and I, <clears throat> I don't, I, I've never written my life. I've never written, you know, the things that have happened to me. I haven't done it yet. I should say. Uh, I don't ever write myself into a film, even though I played in this one. I had a, a, a part, um, but I did write a part of the of my life into this because it fits so intricately into his life. Okay. And in that, you realize, as we're as kids, and the things we do as kids, and how like when 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 mom and dad have to hem you up, they feel a certain kind of way afterwards about that mm-hmm. you know as parents we grab our snatch our kid up and say what the, what the hell's wrong with you what yeah. are you doing yeah. every once in a while like when they're young a little, little swat mm-hmm. um when they get up get a little bit bigger i might have to back you up against the wall a little bit just mm-hmm. to get you to understand when you start to feel like you're getting big big for yourself yeah because the students always challenge the yeah. masters it's so, like the son wants to challenge his father but we all know after we do that that moment we spend in the bathroom in the shower in the bedroom before we go to bed, that feeling that we get like, damn, you know, I, 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 I really, really wish it didn't have to go sideways like that. And that's that kind of thing. So it, 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 it will give everyone, it gives everyone the opportunity to understand even th- as a small child, even as we grow up and then as we're adults, the things that we do, how they have an effect on everyone around us. Absolutely. So it's always it, about it's, the impact. Yeah. And that's that's something that I always talk to, to the youth about yep. is being aware and mindful of their decisions and the impact. I always teach them about empathy. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And being critical thinkers and being effective communicators and how to deal, you know, with anger management and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, um, so. so you're you're really like multi-talented in this business. You're an actor. You're a writer. Do you direct as well? I, I, I wrote and directed this film. Uh, okay. my, what, what other movies have you acted in? I know you <laughs> said about Dirty D that you had acted. Yeah, in. How many I, movies you say you played in? I think I have nine films that's on Tubi right now. Okay, um, check them out on Tubi. Uh, yeah, look, it, I mean Asbury Park, The Dirty D, uh, These Men for Everybody, uh, Perfect Justice. I'm gonna start hearing names. Ultimate, Ultimate Betrayal. Um, he played me. Um, a good man. A good man. So yeah, dang. And um, what kind of roles do you play in all these movies? And in, in a good number of what you see out there now, I, I I play a cop, but not all of them. A good man, I play an Irish um, real estate broker. Uh, in Predators, I play a a, a New York um, mobster gangster. Um, and I've played a cop a bunch of times. So, like in in the Dirty D, it's a very popular series. If you if you guys haven't seen it yet, I play. I a, have to see it. I yeah. can't believe I haven't seen. It. I got to see. I, it. I play a police captain, and um, 
how easy or hard is that role for? I know you have a military background, so you know the the captain. And the cool thing is, it's kind of funny. The cool thing is, is that like all my cast members, uh, all my fellow cast members, everyone that that I go by, they they don't even call me Bill anymore. They just call me Captain. Okay. It's, it's just Cap. <laughs> hey, Cap, Captain. So, but the captain's a great role, and I love his character because um, he's not hard hard for me to play. I've done some roles like. Perfect Justice. I played a, a a dirty racist cop, and and that was mm-hmm. that was hard for me to do because it's just so outside of of my 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 personality, who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, you, there's another movie that we're actually gonna go watch the premiere on Thursday, Black Straits Blues. I played a I heard uh, about that too. I played a racist uh, gun dealer, and that role was tough. And then they made it even tougher when we were on set because they added some things on on set. So okay, yeah, because um, I remember during our interview at the premiere yeah. of Undying Love, you mentioned about uh, your weapons being yeah. used in these movies and stuff. Yeah, like so that. that's another thing that that I do is uh, I, I'm an on set armor. I was I've I've worked as an on set armor for for a number of films. Uh, my wife Carrie and I uh, we opened up our own uh, business, our own LLC. We have a number of prop weapons. Um, that we that we rent out along with myself as an armor to make sure that these films when when they're running around you know running around with guns and stuff like that that everything is safe everything's yeah. done properly we had that, talked about yeah. safety precautions yeah. and you know just the death of you know uh was it brandon lee and you yeah know, others who have passed away and, just and through just recently um helena hutchins mm-hmm. uh and what happened with that so yeah we just we make sure that everything is 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 controlled we keep it in a controlled environment. We make sure that nothing goes sideways. Um, because the filming industry here is so young and the people that are acting are so young in their career, if not young people, um, they're just not used to having that element in front of them. So it almost turns into um, a fallacy or, or, or a toy. Mm-hmm. And we have to make let them understand this is a weapon. And this weapon can hurt you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, and, and everything we have is is real weight, real action, real. You know, so mm-hmm. it's not like it's uh, you know some some it's squirt like a gun, toy, like yeah, some Mickey Mouse shit. So, uh, those are a, lot, a number of things that we do. Uh, and, what 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 roles would you like to play? Like, if you <laughs> could play a role, what is a role that you like want to play? I I'd lo- I'd love to play uh, in, in like a, a comedic role. Uh, for one, I haven't done that yet. Mm. I'd love to play because I heard that uh, uh, Dominic Ovando and Diesel yeah. were working on a comedy karate movie. Yep, yeah, I just uh, actually did, did a um, audition with them okay. uh, because I'm a also on top of a number of other things. I'm a second degree black belt in Tung Sudo. Oh shit! Yeah, for real? so Damn, yeah, you could be the Chuck Norris. <laughs> so, but another <laughs> role I'd love to play is like um, you know almost like that 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 good guy hitman uh kind of deal you know someone who you know i'm going go and i might have to take some people out but it's it's for the the better cause mm-hmm. um i don't mind play, i played a bad guy i played a bad, bad guy in, in a in a number of films and i don't mind it they don't bother me uh they're fun to do mm-hmm. but i i always I, I love to try to look for the good role uh something that has a positive outcome to it um 
That's why one of the things I love about the captain in the Dirty D is that he's he is he's just a solid good dude. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> his police officers around him aren't always so good, but yeah. he is. Um, and that's one of the things we love about our film is that that in the end of it is is for as much of bad things as Jack was doing through the film. He was always a good guy because he he loved his family. He loved his wife. He loved his his daughter. Um, he and he always wants the best for them, but he just always ended up with that 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 thing in the way. And you were talking about it earlier, being on that fence, yeah, walking that fence, and he still that one foot kept slipping off to that one side. Yeah, uh, as much as he wanted to be at, with his daughter, you know, and you'll see there's scenes in there where you you can feel his own anguish over what he's doing to him mm-hmm. what he's doing i went there i've been through yeah. that shit bro i so, know what it feels like bro yeah shame um, watching watching you know his 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 wife and his daughter going off and playing because he's 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 busy doing something else mm-hmm. he, you know he's got his mind elsewhere so um is that is that a shut up over there <laughs> <laughs> no but it's 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 that, that kind of thing so um yeah come on out and check us out on saturday because I, I promise you, when you walk away, this this film, you watch a lot of independent films, especially films from here in in Detroit. Um, this one hits different, um, and, and it has a, a different feel to it. It's going to take you to a different place, and it's going to give you a feeling. I told a bunch of people, you know, when you buy tickets, mm-hmm. as soon as you pay for the ticket, turn around and grab one of those little small packs of tissue because... You're gonna need that one too. <laughs> yeah, that, that's I mean, a true story. Yeah, sometimes you know people need a good cry. You it, know they do. Um, and and me and Brian Ruiz from Legal Aliens Podcast, we're gonna be there at the premiere at the red carpet. We'll be doing interviews with all yeah. the actors in the movie. Thank you for the invite. I appreciate you. Yeah, Shout we, out we, to we, Dominic Hovando. Shout out to Diesel and uh, yeah. you know everybody. Uh, Sunny Sunnyville. Um, you know, I appreciate you guys. Um, you know, they're the ones that invited me to the premiere for Undying Love, and that's how we and, met. And, and, you, and here we that, are now. I'm doing your premiere. Right. And, this is how and these so connections on work. And, so on. And, and the cool thing is, is that like if you guys know independent films and you know films here, we'll go watch Tubi and watch these things. Our cast is so so dynamic. Jimmy Chappelle, uh Tiffany Scott. Um, she goes Tiffany Trill. Uh, she's just a wonderful, wonderful person. Allison Smith and and James, that guy. Uh, <laughs> uh, they're just uh, I, we can go on and on. Aaron and Michael and and all these guys that have been in films locally. It's such a beautiful cast. It's so dynamic, eclectic, uh, well rounded, and everyone hit their spots like. And then you get to see this ugly bald head in a couple of scenes. So and then at the premiere. Um, you know, folks are going to be there, you know, like Lisa Brown and her crew, they're, they're coming cause they like, they love to support people that support them and work with them. So they're going to be there and those are great dynamic filmmakers in the city. So it's going to be a great time. We're going to bring Hollywood to the Southgate area. Um, I love it with, with the interviews that's going to be going on. There's going to be two of you guys. 
the photographers, the giant banner that people are going to be taking pictures in front of, and then then we go and watch this film, and, and it's it's a, it's a wonderful thing. We're really looking forward to it, man. You know, thank you for the invite. You know, I support you. Uh, you always have a place. We'll book a date yeah. later on in the summer. Get you on here. Let's do it. You can share the rest of your story. Maybe include your wife with yeah. you. You know what I mean. But, um, you know, I, I want to thank everybody who tuned in. I appreciate you guys. Shout out to my brother Zoe at L.A. Landscaping. Um, he'll take care of you. Uh, Google it, L.A. Landscape. He's a professional. He does a great job. He'll come. He'll take care of you. He does residential. He does commercial. Whatever you need, he'll come and he'll get it done. Uh, shout out to Family for Life uh, Promotions and, um, you know, everybody else, man, who, uh, you know, who, 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 who support me and subscribe and just show me love. Thank you. I appreciate you. Everybody have a safe week and uh, I'll see you guys next Monday. This has been an episode of Real Everyday People, part of the El Nino Podcast. Check out the El Nino Podcast live on Facebook every Monday night at 9 p.m. Eastern. And for full episodes, the El Nino Podcast is available on Facebook and YouTube.